Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Greetings, Maltopians. And thanks for joining us for another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. Join us on our new Discord at the link in the description to talk about your favorite series and episodes. And to help support us, give us a quick rating and review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Discord. And as always, enjoy the show.
Back on the road from Thunderbird, beneath a familiar ceiling of storm, I started to wonder about the mechanics of the journey to come and how things might shake out with my new traveling companions. Wicked said we would all be getting together soon, though he hadn't explained how. I saw myself again with Wicked, his damn electric grin humming like a halogen light by my side as we plunged through thickets and meadows, wolves in tow. My thoughts wandered to Baron, and the only images I could conjure had him tearing me to pieces with his gigantic bare hands. But from what little I knew about the brute, he'd more likely kill me with some clever bomb that would have me sloughing off a wall or trickling down from the ceiling. <laughs> the guy didn't even look like he could smile. And if he could, it would take one hell of a horror show to accomplish the feat. I had no idea why Wicked invited him along. I paused, suddenly realizing how crazy I'd become. I had just agreed to team up with two notorious serial killers. What was wrong with me? A beam of sunlight broke through the clouds, burning away the shadows crowding my mind. The ones trying to convince me that all this was acceptable, that my recent actions were justified. Actions that could land me in prison for the rest of my life. My mind was falling apart. Or was it? Maybe I was just traveling beyond a simpler, stupider world. Maybe I was squirming through some cosmic birth canal, preparing to plop out into a brand new reality. Whatever the case, I knew I couldn't go back. Even worse, I knew I didn't want to. I felt a lurking nearby. What it was, I couldn't tell, but it was the cause of this weird evolution I found myself going through. Was it an idea? A secret? I sighed, filled with an exhaustion born of anxiety. No, it was a rabbit hole, and I was desperate to fall in. The witch. I still had no idea who she was, or what she was. But she was in me now. I knew that much. How she had gotten there was a mystery to me, but I could feel her like a second pair of lungs, inhaling while I exhaled, expanding and contracting with stolen air. My air. She had taken my quest for her and somehow directed it straight between my own ears. I don't know how it happened, but at some point, my television had been turned on. News of an explosion at the prison was on every channel. An entire wing of the place had gone up in smoke and fire, and no one could even guess at the number of inmates that had escaped. <laughs> I counted on at least two having made it out. Wanting a drink, I went to bed instead. When did you know you were evil, Genevieve? I awoke to Wicked's voice in my ear and the musky scent of underground caves. He lay stretched out next to me on my own bed, his head sharing my pillow. My only surprise came from how calm I felt. When I was a kid, probably five or six, my aunt had died and I didn't care. I was even embarrassed by the idea that I was supposed to care. but. More than that, I was interested in watching others suffer from her absence. Maybe my parents' deaths had numbed me, but my indifference made me feel powerful, you know? I certainly do. That power, I wonder if that's what evil is. An alternative energy source. 
One we're not supposed to use because it weakens the market for standard fuels. Like poor Tucker and his electric car. The industry just wasn't ready for him, I'm afraid. But back to you. You must have realized that you could harness that power, not just accidentally appreciate it, yes? That only you among those people could wield what the world denounced as wretched and wrong, to create power by creating death and sorrow. I did, but I was too scared. That's why I became a journalist, I think, so I could stand next to it without having to be responsible for it. At a certain point in our discussion, I wasn't sure if what I was saying was only to appease Wicked or if it was all true. But if it wasn't true, then my skill at lying almost made the same case as the story I was telling. Before we could continue, Baron entered. His presence was far greater than his size. The room almost seemed incapable of containing him. We should go. It's not safe here. His voice was gravel and gun oil, with a brevity suggesting his true nature coiled around him like a snake, hiding his true immensity. Well then, we should camp here, I think. <laughs> I knew Wicked was going to say that. You don't know him very well, do you? I said with a smile, hoping to make a joke. The temperature seemed to drop as Baron sat down on the bed next to me, crushing the bed springs. I heard the antique wooden bed frame crack and split. The giant's hand stroked my hair as if I were a doll. No, Genevieve. I know him very well. I just wanted to ensure we wouldn't be leaving anytime soon. While you've been sleeping, I've been turning this bland little home of yours into a going-away gift. And I want us all here to see it opened. He brought his other hand close, revealing my address book. On it was a name circled in red, Detective Jeffrey Brewer. Bookmarking the page were a few old pictures of Jeff and I hugging and whatnot. My blood froze, and the brute smiled. <laughs> I was right. It did take a horror show. He bent close, his voice like thunder trying to whisper. You didn't think this was going to be easy, did you? The stiletto under my pillow appeared at Baron's throat. Get your hands off me. Now. Baron didn't so much as flinch, but his hands crept back to his sides. His eyes tried to stare through me. I didn't let them. Let's get something straight. I'm not here to join your little club or to play serial killer. I'm here because I'm looking for answers. I thought Wicked would have sounded you out on that by now. So we're not blowing up my house or mutilating any of my friends. And frankly, the whole, let's see if she can kill the people closest to her shtick, is a bit cliche, isn't it? I could feel the heat coming from Wicked's grin. Baron, still smiling, stood up from the bed, his eyes continuing to bore into me. With his arteries beyond my knife's edge, he thought me at his mercy again. Before you tell me you think I'm plucky or whatever pithy bullshit you think suits that shit-eating smirk of yours best, you should take a minute to consider where you are. This is my house. I knew I could call out to it, make it come to me, the thing that shouldn't be. 
Baron opened his mouth, but a whispering and giggling floated in from the darkness of the outer rooms, followed by a growling so deep it felt bottomless, a rumbling from beneath the earth, warning of catastrophe. The dim light of the room faded to black as discarded wine bottles on my nightstand clinked and chimed with the vibration. After a few moments, the rumbling ceased and the pale light returned, revealing my own shit-eating grin. Oh, and Baron, it's not Genevieve, it's just Vive. Got it? Brow furrowed, Baron nodded as he stepped backward into the darkness of a corner. The last thing I saw before he vanished were those dark eyes of his, now filled with something new. I decided to believe it was respect. Wicked lay on his side, propped on an elbow, his temple resting on a fist. He smiled like a child watching a favorite cartoon. It appeared the cops had no idea I'd ever visited Wicked. It had been days since the explosion and not so much as a peep from the police. Living with the two serial killers proved to be a simple enough affair. For the most part, they stayed in my basement, talking and scheming by candlelight and drinking shit tons of coffee. They slipped in and out at will, and I never asked them what they were up to. I just assumed it was something horrible and left it at that. I did wonder why they never invited me out. I wouldn't have gone with them, probably, but an invite would have been nice. One night while the boys were gone, I decided to catch up on my videotapes, which I had hidden. I didn't need their noses in my business. The next tape had the word dog scratched on the top of it. I took an educated guess as to what it would be about and slipped it into the VCR. I was surprised to see the face of Charlie Bowers. He was checking the lens of the video camera. He panned it around a dark room with only a few low-burning candles supplying any light. I could see the rest of the Bowers in the background milling about nervously. The frame moved to a large rocky opening, the cave I'd left old Grammy Rose in. The witch sauntered into view, wearing only the shadows of the cave. I became lost in her movements again. She slithered around like something unreal, just a bare-naked dream in the darkness. The candlelight seemed to die away as the witch drew closer to the camera, refusing to fully illuminate her features. The view switched to infrared as the last candle died. I could see something lying on the floor of the cavern. It was hulking and stone still. A dead dog. Perhaps an English mastiff, but larger. The witch approached it and some kind of power came out of her. I could feel it through the TV. The lights of my home dropped as dead as the candles and I could hear the witch's footsteps coming at once from the television and somewhere behind me. I could feel my body on the verge of bolting. I wasn't ready for this. I'd grown cocky from my exposure to all the weirdness, neglecting to ready myself for whatever the tape would show me. Now I could feel my mind breaking with each footfall behind me. I felt a presence at my left ear and a familiar voice croaked. You bitch. You left me down there till it swallowed me up into its spoiling guts filled with my filthy decaying kin. You think you were pretty clever, huh? Leaving an old hag like me to die a slow death bound to my wheelchair without any food, no lights whatsoever. 
but you're gonna get what's coming to you. She'll see to that she will. Meantime, me and mine got your back, girly. We'll see you don't fall an inch short of glory. That you see things through to the bitter end we will. My eyes were glued to the TV and a close-up of the witch's hand sliding into the dog's stomach without even having slit the creature open. Her other hand slid into the dog's head as if through the placid surface of a pond. The camera panned out, revealing the witch up to her elbows and dead dog, her arms moving frantically through the creature searching for something. The footage began to break into ribbons of color and static as if her power rendered the camera incapable of capturing what transpired. The images kept coming despite the visual hiccups. The witch began struggling with something inside the dog, something panicked and feral. A sickening crack sounded, followed by the trailing echo of a shriek. The cave erupted with the screams of a terrified audience and the light of dead candles blazing back to life. As the pitching camera came back under control, it settled on a gigantic dog, staring at the camera with the whitest, deadest eyes I'd ever seen. I gasped, recoiling into the forgotten Grammy at my ear. I leapt up with a shriek, whipping around to find no one there. Grammy's voice remained at my ear, and I jumped again at the closeness of it. Well, if and you want to give up the chase already, <laughs> I think there's just enough room in here for one more body. <laughs> Wicked found me on the floor of the living room, the smell of undead dog in the air. He sat me up at the kitchen table, and after discovering the power was out, placed a lit candle between us. Revelations can pack a wallop, can't they? I focused on the questions already rolling around my skull. The Bowers were some kind of doomsday preppers, right? Except they prepped by making weird-ass monsters out of their victims. Was there any truth to all that doomsday stuff? There was a wonderful futility to it all. The chanting, the rituals, the killing. After the goat's blood had dried and the sacrificial bodies had stiffened, nothing ever happened. Just another splendid time had by one and all. So the Bowers were just your run-of-the-mill killer cultists before the witch got to them, huh? I marveled at how Wicked's face seemed to change shape in the candlelight. Oh my, yes. Just the most tedious variety of killers imaginable. However, as I remarked before, they were enjoyably campy about their work. I had no idea why she even sent me to them, but now I see the design to it. She sent me to prepare them for you. Wicked's words sent a shiver up my back, momentarily pulling me from the muddy abstraction my life had become. The witch had prepared the Bowers to become my bodyguards? Had she planned on me specifically? Or was I just the fish that swallowed the hook? Hey, how did you meet her anyway? The witch, I mean. Oh, that. I was wondering when you get to her and I. Well, I tried to kill her naturally. One night, quite late, I sensed something in the breeze. A twilight that had reversed its course making its way back despite the late hour. I needed to see it for myself. Turns out, what I sensed was the witch and her apostles. They were holed up in an old school. Vive, are you at all familiar with the hollow school? I wasn't, but I nodded, so as not to interrupt his train of thought. 
You're a liar, Vive. But I think I adore that about you. Choosing not to be limited by your reality and all that. Good for you. It's honesty if not a method of conformity after all. I nodded again, hoping it wasn't already too late for the story he'd only just begun. After a few moments, he picked up where he left off. So, there I was, peeping through the broken window of a thoroughly haunted institution of higher learning. All I could hear was a woman's voice somewhere in the darkness, whispering to something. It was her, as you can likely guess. After I resituated myself for a closer look, I saw the rest of her motley of killers, and oh my, did she have quite the retinue of ferocious followers. The killers you're already familiar with were there, standing apart, almost aloof from another detachment of supplicants. They were all gathered near the moonlit edge of a huge hole in the floor, situated directly in the middle of one of the classrooms. If you really did know something, anything, about the Hollow School, you'd know why that hole practically swallowed me up when I looked into it. The whispering woman crouched at the benighted edge of the hole, communicating with whatever might have been down there. I knew I had to kill her. I just had to, Fief. She was planning something, plotting and scheming at something grand, and the urge to become the fly in her ointment was too great to bear. But my position was too advantaged, and I desperately needed to sing for my supper. So, I allowed for a bit of debris to tumble down behind me as I scaled the outer wall of the third floor. Impressively, the killers didn't make a sound as they set out to find me. The tune I hummed was sufficiently noticeable, and I remember quite clearly the first fellow to make my acquaintance that night. He was a burly gentleman, tattooed, just brimming with piss and vinegar, as they say. However, he was trying much too hard to be terrifying when he confronted me in the darkness of a broken hallway. I mean, the man growled at me. He growled at me, Vive. <laughs> he should have spent less time making noises and more time avoiding the length of rebar I swung at him. It was dark, so I can't be more specific with regards to which part of his face received the lion's share of the blow, but suffice to say it was an adequate distribution of trauma to kill him. Shortly after that, just as I made my way into a nearby classroom, a tall, lanky individual dressed something like an evil mime tried to grab me by the hair. He was a nimble one, I must admit, having somehow descended from the ceiling at me. Before I had even a second's piece with which to open my attacker's throat, an other creature entered the room, brandishing a very large butcher's knife and giggling like a deranged child. I didn't know what he was laughing at, but his mirth was terribly contagious, and I quickly found myself laughing along with him. As things turned out, I found that big old knife of his far quicker than I liked. Thankfully, the spidery mime's head proved adequate for blocking its glimmering edge. I should have known the gent with the knife was somewhat a neophyte by the shine of his blade. No one worth their salt keeps a blade that clean. There's no finer patina than countless years of dried blood, you see. Anyhow, his laughter died by his own shiny blade, and I was left feeling very uncomfortable as the only one still laughing. But I'm not one to be made some all of, so I defied the moment by laughing all the louder. Suddenly, Another knifeman came charging into the room, and I nearly cut my fingers clapping with glee. I was saddened to see him fall so quickly before me, but I really had to be getting on to the killing of the whispering woman. That, however, is when everything changed. I had no idea where they came from, but suddenly there were two young girls standing on either side of me, knives in hand. 
Their smiles were like sickle moons. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We'd like to give a special shout out to our patrons who make this all possible. Helenius, Zach Neen, Alyssa Lindler, John Nemechak, ADHD is a consultant now, Abyssal B, Coasira Luminarium, Peter, Sarah Zartolamna, Nick, K. Davis, G-Man, Andrew Knott, Thesis Ascendant, David Gregory, Ian Hagen, Jonathan Shank, Kurt Kornfeld, Deborah Carpenter, and Sarah Anselon. 